Hey folks, this is Topher. In this Hallway Chats, we're continuing our WordCamp Europe series, and we're going to be speaking with Pitcha. <laughs> hey folks, this is Topher. In this episode, we're going to be continuing our WordCamp Europe series, and we'll be talking to Pitcha Neri. Pitcha is a designer who works with design-led development. I hope you'll join us as we have a great conversation. So, um, I have heard your name pronounced seven different ways today. <laughs> so, first order of business, state your name. <laughs> Picha. Picha. Like peach with an A at the end. Okay. And it's quite interesting, like for you and me, English, Italian is quite innocuous. Mm -hmm. um, but you know exactly, so that was um, printing out again the past today because I couldn't print it yesterday for some reason. And um, there was one of the guys behind the desk that was just really, really chuckling. Yeah. And I was like, you're from Slovakia. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then in Spain, it means the opposite of what it does in Slovakia. And now I live in Spain. So, but the way you pronounce this, in, the way it's spelled, because I'm Italian. Yeah, it's yeah. not a name in Italy either. I mean, you know, we could go on. Uh, <laughs> but in, in, in Spain, they read it Pixia. So oh. I tell them Pixie or pi and then, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway, so Picha, like peach with an A at the end. Picha. Yeah. Cool. I like it. What does it mean? It doesn't really mean anything, but if it does mean anything, it's small, tiny. Ah, uh, that yeah. makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I was asked to uh, pick some people to interview, and I deliberately picked people I did not know except for you, because I only know you a little bit, and I found that interesting, and I would like to know more about you. So right. um, what do you do with WordPress? I am a designer, mm -hmm. so I, I don't actually build that many sites anymore. But my mission is to um, see, to get everyone in WordPress to be design-led and to, and to an accessibly, accessible design-led sure. as well. That's become my mission. Because what I find very interesting is that with, what do we do with WordPress? We build products, we build experiences, we build websites. Mm -hmm. There's very few, there's very little talk about design and there's very few uh, designers even in the WordPress environment, if you mm -hmm. think about it. So who makes them? It, it should be, should be entirely design-led, but it isn't. It's, right. And that's really interesting to me and that's, I think that's a limitation. I think it should definitely be design-led because I can see, uh, I think there's Ever since I started doing this, or I started, because I started using WordPress in, I think my first blog uh, uh, was 2009, I set up a, uh, it was called One Sketch a Day, I would, okay. I would post a drawing a day. I remember those. Because it was pre-Instagram, and then when yeah. Instagram happened, I just didn't do it, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but anyway, um, so... 
but I wasn't, I was, so that's when I first started playing with it, but I wasn't that involved in the community. And then when I started, when I really saw the gap, I was like, no one's talking about design, this needs to be done. Because sometimes you would see talks about CSS, and it's like, yeah, but that's not a design, that's a tool, it doesn't matter. I mean something completely different when I say, when I talk about design, it's a mindset, it's a work process, um, it's many things, but it's, I hardly ever talk about styling and mm -hmm. that's what people think um, when I think about design generally speaking so I saw this real gap I saw this this hole in the in the community and uh, I mean there's a few people Tammy Lister talks about design mm -hmm. but she's very few other people um, so I started with that and now and then it's now sort of slowly m not so slowly anymore moving into accessibility right um, because there's very little of that as well. Accessibility is design itself. Yes, exactly. And everybody should start from, start from that. But again, it goes back to my concept of design as, first of all, structure. And then when you think about accessibility, it starts from structure. You need to, and it's a mindset. And to me, design is a mindset. So it just works really well with my whole, sure. with my whole philosophy. So. I sort of, it was a big digression from your original question, which was, what do you do with WordPress? No, I don't think it was a digression at all. I think that's perfect. Um, are you freelance? Do you work for a company? I, uh, I am currently freelance, uh, and I, I, I am looking for collaborations, in fact. Okay. Um, Part-time collaborations are perfect for me. I was with Cloudways for a while, for a two and a half years, something like that, maybe three. Uh, which was great because we did a lot of content creation that meant interviewing people that um, had something to say that I thought mattered and my point always was to promote good design. Design that is inclusive, that a design, I don't mean design and marketing as well because they work together. Yeah. Uh, so good user experience, good marketing, good ethics. Mm -hmm. And actually... Yeah, I think it's getting, I think ethics is a big issue as well, and it goes into marketing and so on. So yes, so uh, I am... Freelance, but looking. But yeah, looking. We're okay. very, very, very curious to see what happens next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have been a developer for a long time. Five years ago, our process was to have a designer create design and hand that to a front-end developer who turned it into HTML and CSS. And then that would go to me, the back-end developer, and I would turn it into WordPress. And it was very flexible. The designer was free to do anything. And we would just turn it into web. Um, now, with Gutenberg, I'm finding that most... Uh, themes and, and block groups and all that have their own opinions about design. And as long as you stay within those opinions, they're easy to use. You drag and you have a, you have a fade and you slide and you have a curve and, and you drag and drop widgets. But if you try to go outside of that, if a designer says, well, I want this, but my block doesn't do it, I don't know how to do it anymore. Yeah. Are you finding any any issues now with really custom design 
and Gutenberg, or is it not being a problem for you? I'm not, and I tell you why, because my way of conceiving a project is completely different from what you described. To me, okay. that would never happen, mm-hmm. because to me, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that everybody should be in the room, that the clients should necessarily be in the room, but the designer and the developer plan together, they're in the same room, mm-hmm. because that, so that will not happen. Um, like, for instance, right now I'm leading, nearing the end, uh, of the rebuild of a, the website for an Italian museum, mm-hmm. which has, which are ve- they're very proud of their uh, digital content because they've digitalized all their catalog. So they're not oh, wow. doing printed catalogs anymore. They're like, that's a catalog. And, yeah. and it's incredible the wealth of material that they have. But you can imagine how organizing all that content how hard mm-hmm. and also they're a very innovative museum in terms of what they do at their events their initiatives and so on so there was a lot going on but the, the developer who they the, it's a it's an agency that love Gutenberg so there was the team was me doing the UX lots of art historians curators doing the content a UX mm-hmm. writer uh, and a design team, a design agency who don't really know the web. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they do design for the web, but they, I've noticed that they they are creative more than yeah. Um, and we were in the same room for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. virtual room. So that never happened because first of all, I uh, you know the UX, the UX writer structured the content excessively. Mm-hmm. So we have all the headings and everything styled the way, sure. not styled, but you know, structured the way yep. it should be. Anything that needs to be styled rather than, uh, you know, is given the appropriate tag. Why? Because I had a discussion with a developer and I told the designers, you have to consider all of this when you design mm-hmm. the pages. The, the developer is doing everything by block, so the uh, design, the museum team is going to be trained so the staff can create their own content within limits so because we don't mm-hmm. want for that mess to happen but so that's exactly what I mean what you just described I'm sure that it worked fine for you but that's not being design-led being design-led is because the, done like that designers should not be left on their own either because these you know these I had to stop these people they were like there were things that the designers would do that showed me, proved to me that the interaction design is not their first thing. So I'd have to steer them, you know, in the right direction. And so did the developer. I would always ask the developer, can we do this? What do you think? For instance, we wanted to do accordions. And I said, uh, I know that there's a way to make accordions accessible, but otherwise screen readers have a hard time with accordions. And the developer said, yes, don't worry, I can, I can do that. Mm-hmm. But there was always this conversation going on and we worked at the sitemap together because the sitemap also has accessibility consequences and so on. So it was never gonna happen that the designer would say, I don't know how that block works. But it's interesting that you bring that up though, because I think that Gutenberg in certain ways has made WordPress less easy. It's yeah. loved by developers, but not by that many other people. I, as a developer, I am not in love with Gutenberg at all. Mm. Um, because I do feel limited. 
Um, I don't know JavaScript, so I don't, I don't know how to make my own blocks. I'm at the mercy of whatever my theme comes with or whatever block pattern I borrowed or bought or whatever. Um, I have, in a number of occasions, used Gutenberg to get close and then opened my CSS editor and beat it to death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's not what it's... That's it's not, not tidy. the way it's supposed it's, to work. No, it's not tidy. No. And so... Yeah. I have found that to be difficult. I find, correct me if I'm wrong, my feeling is that Gutenberg has, because with all the page builders, I think we got to a stage where, I mean, developers were right. I mean, a lot of sites built with page builders are a mess. Mm -hmm. You know, mostly they are. So, and I think that we all know it and we're like, yeah, sorry, but I'm, I'm in a hurry. I need to do this. I don't have the budget. I don't have the knowledge. So I just do it yeah. this way. My client doesn't have the budget, I'll do it in being build at least being builder is one of the sort of yeah. bit better ones. Um, and now we've gone back the other way again and now we really depend on developers. And I I think that in a way that's good, but not everybody has the budget. But we still have the page builders anyway. So right. if, if we're still fine, but I have to say that because with this project, I had the luxury of having an incredibly good developer on the team who also knows about design, who's super knowledgeable about accessibility, who completely mm -hmm. understood what I wanted. I could see why Gutenberg is so good. And I didn't yeah. go into the project thinking I wanted to use Gutenberg. And, yeah. But he just didn't, it wasn't even a, a discussion. He, sh he told me how he would use it and I was like, that's it, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then now we're going back to developers having more power. Maybe it's the way it should be. But just as long as we can work together, and, and I actually think that developers should learn about the UX process and understand it a bit better because it's a, it's a mindset. Yeah. In, in my view. We need more WordCamp trainings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally. I'm, I'm, I've got courses. I've got, in fact, one of the things that I do and that I love doing and that works super well is um, coaching for agencies because the reality of uh, many, I mean, may, maybe not the VIP agencies, mm -hmm. the big, the bigger ones, but uh, a, a, I would say the majority of WordPress agencies maybe have designers, but they work in the way that you described, or they are completely the last wheel, you know, the last right. cog. And therefore, they get uh, handed a brief and they go, but I can't do this. But this is not right. This is not going to work. This is not good UX and whatever. And I get really frustrated. So right. what do I do is, and all they're very, you know, maybe there's a design team, but it's a small team made of very young designers who don't know how to make their voices heard. Right. So what I do is I give coaching. I The coaching uh, package that I have is um, sits. Uh, seats on my course. I have a big UX course okay. that includes UI as well um, and coaching. So I'll meet with, uh, with the agency team and uh, uh, we either talk about topics or they, or they, they can tell me that Chris says they, more and more they say can we, can we have a session about accessibility and it's incredible how little yeah. how we go over the sites and, they, and I go... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm not even 
I mean, I am getting, I guess, better and better accessibility. I'm actually launching a, a an accessible typography course that starts from structuring content, which I think is essential part of typography. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Another digression, but maybe. <laughs> they're not digressions. This is exactly what I wanted. Good. Exactly Perfect. what I wanted. This has been an episode of Hallway Chats, a part of the Hero Press Network. Your hosts were Kate and Topher DeRosia. We'd like to thank Sophia DeRosia for the music and Nexus for hosting our network. If you liked the episode, please subscribe and mention us on social media.